to, that would interchange, um, that would take the word ask in relationship to the name of Jesus, and they would somewhat mix up the, the requesting part of asking versus the asking that is demanding what your rights are. You know, I mean, how many times they mix that up? And so that kind of got my attention, just that it happens so often. You know, we may take it for granted because hopefully we've got a little bit more understanding. But nevertheless, I thought, let me just bring some clarity to that. But let me also take it in another place, too, that I think is quite interesting. Because as much as it, it says, Jesus says in John chapter um, 14, which is the one that people generally mix up. John chapter 14 and from verse 12, where, where Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, shall he do, because I have gone to the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, many times they do not distinguish between that verse, and we're going to come back to that, and John 16, 23, and 24. In John 16, 23, Jesus says, And in that day, that's the day we're living in, you shall ask me nothing. You shall ask me, Jesus, nothing. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive that your joy might be full. And in John 15, 16, he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. So we see in John 15, 16, and in John 16, 23, and 24, he is talking about asking the Father. John 16, let's look at that again. And in that day, that's the day after he's gone to the cross, he's been raised up, and the day we're living in, you shall ask me nothing. He says, you don't pray to me. Right? He says, don't, you don't have to, you don't ask, don't, you shall ask me nothing. Don't pray to me. Verily I say unto you, whatever you shall ask who? The Father in my name. And there is going to be, the Amplified will say, um, or, or some versions say, what if you should ask the Father in my name, representing everything that I am? Amen? What if you should ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Up until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Up until now, that's not how you pray. But, not, but now, you should, but up until now, you'd ask nothing in my name, but ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So that is talking specifically about praying and talking to the Father. If we take this very literally, he would say, he would say, don't pray to me, pray to the Father. Right? He may as well add, don't pray to Mary. Don't pray to some saint. And certainly don't pray in Pastor Ian's name. Because <laughs> you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but he said, well, whatever you should ask the Father in my name. 
So he says prayer is to be to the Father. John 15, 16. Uh, it says a little bit more about that. But let's go back to John 14. Now in John 14 he says, verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. The works that I do, shall he do, that shall he do also. And greater than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So first of all, he's talking about works. And he says, the works that he did, we're going to do. And we're going to do them because he's gone to the Father. In other words, we're going to do them because of the sacrifice and what he had finished. Is that right? But he's talking about works. And whatsoever you shall ask in relationship to what he was just talking about those works, whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. And here he says, whatever you shall ask in my name, I'm going to do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask in my name, I will do it. In no place here, even though he mentions the Father, he only mentions the Father in the context of, um, in two contexts. One, that he's gone to the Father. And secondly, that the Father might be glorified. He does not tell us here to ask the Father. Can you see that? Right? He does not say for you to ask the Father. But what he does say is, whatever you shall ask in my name. But he had said before, don't pray to me. So is he contradicting himself? In John 16, he says, um, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Don't ask me, ask the Father. But now he's saying, ask me. <laughs> I'm not asking the Father. So what's going on here? What is going on here is, the key is actually to do with the fact that, that here we're talking about the works. In fact, if we go back to John 16, he's going to say, what's, up until now you ask nothing in my name. Whatsoever you should ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you, that your joy may be full. Amen? It could indicate in the John chapter 16, first of all, you are asking the Father, but it has to do with your joy being full. This one here says, the works that I do shall you do also, and the greater works of these, and greater works than these shall you do because I've gone to the Father, because of my finished work. Because of the sacrifice. And then whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. He'll do it, etc. Et the difference is basically, well, one is about works. One, one is, is about prayer and it is about your joy. And it has to do with a lot of personal stuff. But the other one has to do with the works of Christ. Right? The works, which, which also included, include dealing with the devil. We know, we know in Mark chapter 6, Jesus gave us his name, and he says, in my name you're going to cast out devils. And that's part of the works, isn't that right? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy what? The works of the devil. And what are we doing? We are continuing what he has done in the sense of enforcing what he has already done. That is, that is the reason why in Ephesians 3 verse 10, it will tell us that it was the intent of God that unto the principalities and powers would be made known by the church, which is us, the manifold wisdom of God. Amen? It's because we have that assignment of making the, 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 um, Jesus' enemies his footstool, and we have the assignment of enforcing what he has finished. That is why we have prayers in Ephesians chapter 1, where God prayed, where, where Paul prayed that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, 
the eyes of our understanding being opened so that we know what hope we are called to and we know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and that we would also know what is the exceeding greatness of that power that is in us who believe. Amen? These signs shall follow them that what? Believe. That we might know what is that exceeding great power in us who believe that is even according to the working of that mighty power which he worked or wrought or demonstrated in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above all principalities, powers, mights, dominion, and every name that is named, and give him to be head over all things to the church. Because he's head over all things to the church, that's the reason why Jesus would say, The works that you do shall I the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father, and whatsoever you shall ask or demand as your right in my name, I'll do it. Why? Because he's head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, that fill it all in all. Amen? Amen. And, and that is why, again, back in Isaiah, it says the government shall be where? On his shoulder. Amen? So he's saying, you go function in my name, you go deal with the devil in my name, you go do the works in my name, and I'll back you up. Amen? All right. Now, um, so, but now here is a very interesting, in, in, well, before we go over there, let's go, go in, in another area. Now, in, um, hmm. all right. Okay, let's, let's consider this verse of scripture, which is in, turn to it, John chapter 21. Now, I think this is a very interesting scripture, and it's, 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 it's an interesting scripture, number one. But it's also a somewhat lost scripture. You know what I mean? And that it's there, but you don't see it. You know, people preach, but they don't use it. Right? But it's, it's certainly there. And if it's there, it's for our benefit, is it not? Yes. Which is John chapter 20 and verse 31. 21 31. John, sorry. What did I say? John 20, verse 31. I'm sorry. John chapter 20, verse 31. Hallelujah. Verse 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You know a different one? It's not talking about praying in his name. It's not even talking about the works in his name. Right? It's not even talking about agreeing in his name, which Matthew 18, um, 19, and 20 talks about. It is talking about life through his name. Now, for one thing, life covers a lot more than just praying. Wouldn't you say? Life covers more than just the works. Life covers a lot of stuff. What do you think life covers? Life. life. <laughs> Amen. Right. So, wouldn't you say that, is, that should be a, a, a huge scripture? Right? So what should we, so, um, and so as I'm thinking about that, rather than go the routine way that we would normally go about praying and asking and the works, which is fine, we need to do that as well, why don't we just kind of like camp over here a little bit? What do you think? And see what we come up with. All right? Now, um, that we might have life through his name. Life through his name. And again, 
you can't just push that aside. Now when you consider, when you consider the applications that come out of the sacrifice of Christ, all right? And you consider the four first aspects of the sacrifice, crucifixion, burial, resurrection, ascension, our part in it. And then we consider the other four aspects, which is the blood, the name, the life of Christ, and, and, and um, the promises of God. When we consider those last four, and, and, and um, we're talking about applying what has already been done in death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And, and, and it's like, here are the tools. Take the blood. Apply the blood so that you can have the reality of what is done. Take the name. Right? Recognize that the life of Christ is in you. Take these promises so that you could draw out that divine nature. Right? So when you think about it, the name is part of, of, of how we're going to apply what Jesus has done, to our, to done for us. Apply it. Why? What for? So that we can now live the life that we're supposed to be living, which is what? The life of Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it is. Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live it by the faith of the Son of God. The life that you mean I'm supposed to live because of the sacrifice is the life of Christ. And that is what God wants us to become proficient in. It's functioning in the life of Christ, functioning in the nature of God, and having a life flow out of us. Isn't that right? right? And we could come at that at all kinds of ways to, to make that point. But that is the whole objective. That is the whole purpose. Amen? That's our purpose. Isn't that right? For, to, to flow and function in the life of Christ. So now here we have a verse of scripture that says that says that we have life through his name. So all of a sudden, man, this, this is really beginning, this is really kind of neat. This is very important. Now the Amplified has, some, uh, has a, 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 a very interesting stuff here. Let me read the entire verse in the Amplified first. For these are written recorded in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the son of God, and that through believing and cleaving and trusting and relying upon him, you may have life true in his name, life true his name, life in his name, life to his name, to who he is. So there's this stuff about who he is, the name connected up with... You got, Strong's Concordance on Life. What, what, what is it? Strong's Concordance, quite a definition of the state, that word life. The state of one who is possessed of vitality and is animate. All right. So every living soul, life, of the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical. That's a good word. That's going to be a very interesting word because it's going to tell us in 2 Timothy 1 verse 19, let everyone that name the name of Jesus depart from iniquity. Right? And it's also going to say in 1 John 2, 6, that if you say you abide in him, then you ought to walk like he walks. So, that life, which is the life of Christ, is, is what this is all about, and the life is in his name. Um, of the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God, and through him, both to the hypostatic logos 
And the word hypostatic union is the combination of the Son of God and the Son of Man. Right? Right? Oh, this is strong? Okay. I mean, this is going to be Webster. Webster can't talk about hypostatic union. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. And, 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 to, and through him, both to the hypostatic logos and to Christ in whom the logos put on human nature. Uh, let, let, me, let me pull out a comment from here that I see. Um, belongs to God and through him, both through him. As we, we, we study this more, this issue about the life, we will also see that, they, that, that um, even as Jesus says, I and the Father are one, part of the essence of the name of Jesus is the fact that we are to live in that name, live through that name, have life through that name, and literally operate in the oneness that we have with God through that name. You see what I'm saying? And that's going to be that. So in other words, then that links the name right up, links the name up with righteousness now. Amen? And then, if you will see why we must, we must so own that name, the same way you do the name that you sign on your check. We must so own that name that we can, and it must so permeate our consciousness that we must get to the place where Peter was. Peter and James, Peter said, such as I have, such as I have, gave out unto thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen? So there's, there's that issue of the oneness connected up to it. Life, real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion, even in this world, of those who put their trust in Christ, but, are the, but, are, but after the resurrection, to be consumed by. Right? But that gives you a, a, a great sense of the flavor of it. The state of being possessed of vitality. The state of being possessed. Amen. And that's a very good word. The state of being possessed is a good phrase. And I'll, and I'll say why. The reason why it's a good phrase is this. You know, it speaks about Paul says, I don't want to know. No, not that one. He says in Philippians, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Even those things that were gained to me. And that I might be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness, oneness, which is of the law, but that which is through the, the faith of Christ, the very righteousness of God, the oneness with God. And then he goes on to say in Philippians 3 and verse 10, and that I might know him, be intimate, be one with him, have such an intimacy and so, so vitally engrafted and, and in union that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable even unto his death. Which I always find is an interesting phrase because when you examine that and you dissect it, you will see the rest of it falls apart if you're not conformable unto his death. Amen? Mm -hmm. Right? That's interesting. That if and be made conformable unto his death and um, was that, but am I quoting something wrong? And that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. And if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection, in other words, live as if I'm raised up with Christ while I'm still here in this body. Amen? And that I might apprehend or get a hold of that to which God has apprehended me. Verse 12. And then verse 13. Because of that, you know what? Man, I just forget those things which are behind. I don't want nothing to hold me back. 
Even those things that were gained to me, I don't want to spend time focusing on that. I forget those, I count all things but loss, and I forget those things which are behind. Now watch this, and I press. What am I, I'm pressing for the mark, for the prize, for which, I'm pressing for the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God. What is that mark? What is that prize? What is the mark? The mark is that phrase there, vitally possessed or something like that. When you become, can you imagine you are so, you ever heard, remember how the madman of Gadiah was totally demon possessed? Remember that? I was breaking chains and stuff like that. He was demon possessed. Now imagine if you were so possessed, but not by the demon, but by God. If you were so possessed by him, and he just permeates your thinking, your conscience, your attitude, your, your speaking, your actions, and everything. <laughs> you know, hey man, wouldn't that be something else? Oh, you, boy, whatever you, would you ever be a threat to the devil? And by the way, I told, I told, I told our pastor that about it. I, raised, I saw somebody got raised up in the dead in my sleep. <laughs> but, um, it, was, it was so neat. Really, I did. I know we were praying last week. I know that. But I, I did. And it was, I, I, I don't remember all the details, but I can't say that I raised them from the dead. No, uh, um, but it was this person, it was me and this person, we were bringing the person in to some place where there were some other believers, and then we were bringing him in, and he was in whatever it was, I don't know if it was a coffin, I don't see how two of us could lift a coffin, but anyway, <laughs> right? and then he was here, and it is as if, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's as if there was this stuff covering him, all right? and all of a sudden there was like, you've seen it in movies, with this powder, this kind of stuff happening, and you know, and I'm watching it, and then his feet begin to show, and then I don't know, his face must have been covered, and it's like you know, you never see how you put strings of paper, newspaper, in the bottom of a bird cage or something. Well, not even that, like some of those hamsters. Yes. And all of a sudden, he's picked up, begin to come off of his face, right, and then he just came alive. Oh, God. <laughs> that was kind of neat. But anyway, going back to the. But can you imagine if you were like, like as the madman was possessed, so we were so possessed by God in every part of our being. Could any sickness abide? Right? Could there be any rebellion within us? Right? Could there be, like, what would that look like? And I believe that's part of what it means. That is the mark. That is the mark. And the prize that comes with getting to that mark is you being filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Which would be as if you are operating. Remember the Holy Spirit is without measure. Isn't that right? It would be as it would be you operating without measure. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now don't tell me that God can't use one man. You know, we, we've got something that has happened within the body of Christ. Part of it is okay, part of it is right, and part of it is not right. And, and, and uh, I'm already here, so I might as well say it. <laughs> Where, you know, this thing rose up, that's called body ministry, right? Now, is it important that we bear one another's burdens? Is it important that we, that we encourage and build up one another? Isn't it important that we learn to lay hands on the sick on one another and, pro, and don't have to have the pastor do it? Is it, all of those things important? Absolutely. Are we compacted by that which every single joint supplies? Yes. 
Is there a supply of grace that flows because of the moving of the Holy Spirit in any one joy? Absolutely. But sometimes we take that to the place as if, ah, we are now in the last days and this is how it's going to operate and it's no longer going to be a Moses. It's no longer going to be a, a Paul. And that's not so. If God is God from the very beginning has always operated that way. Yeah. Amen? And in fact, there is even a scripture that says about one being counted as a what? As a generation. In other words, at the end of the day, if God could get one man to be totally possessed by him, right? Man, he can change the world. Wow. Amen. Amen? Now, why can't that one man be you? Right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, I, I, so, and that is why I like that phrase that comes out of there. Because when we talk, so it's talking about this life that is in the name of Jesus. And so, even and because of this life that is in the name of Jesus, that is God's vision, it is God's hope, it's what God desires, that is why it would say something such as in Colossians 3 verse 17, whatever you do, do all in the name of Jesus. Do all in that name and in that life. But anyway, so this, this um, Amplified brings out the issue of, of um, life, in his name, life through his name, and life through he is, who he is. Now, that's a very important phrase. As we think about the name of Jesus and who Jesus is. In Hebrew, not Hebrew, sorry, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, it says, if two, Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you, if two or three of you shall agree that means harmonize. If two or three of you shall agree on earth regarding anything that who? That they, they shall ask. And that's a good word to put in there. Because quite often we, 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 you know, we have a way of saying, you pray, I'll agree. Which is <laughs> 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 okay too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it says, if two or three of you shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask. Amen? I mean, if you're going to be a, a stickler for the letter, then let's, then let's notice that too. Eh? You know, let them call for the elders of the church. Not you call them, but that's okay too. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, if, if two or three of you shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And then verse 20. Jesus is as if Jesus is explaining why this verse works. He could, and he was saying that in his name. And he says, because where two or three are gathered together, in my name, there I am in the midst of them. All right, so let's break that down. Let's break down verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together, in my name, there I am in the midst of them. In my name, there I am. Where are you, Jesus? In my name, there I am. There where? In my name. Does that make sense? Yes. So it says then that Jesus is in his name. And Jesus, Jesus says, me and my name, we are one. So when I give you my name, and when you function in that name, if you can take the full vitality of it, if you can recognize the fullness of me in my life, as some of those, 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 those um, definitions that, that, that I read from strong concordance are saying, if you can receive my name as such, that it is not that this is me. This is this is me in all of my fullness. 
the fullness of the Godhead dwelling within me bodily. This is me in my name. In my name. So I don't have to come and go with you. Just go in my name. Amen. And so that is what Peter was talking about. What Peter says, such as I have in the name of Jesus. Take up that dead and walk. Or in, or in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You can take up your bed too. <laughs> Amen. Right. Is is him saying? So, it, so but now, but now, now, what should that do to your thinking? If the name and Jesus are one, so to abide in in the name is to abide in Jesus. Is that right? Well, if to abide in the name would be to if to abide in the name is to abide in Jesus, then maybe when I think about the principles of rightly dividing the word, principles that you can use to dissect the word and, 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 and pull stuff out of it, you know, they say the secret things belong to God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. It is a what is the what is that verse in uh, Proverbs 25? It is of a glory of a king to to conceal a matter, but it's Something like the glory of man. To search it out and find it out. In other words, there's some awesome, wonderful, tremendous secrets and glorious stuff in here. And, and it's like, you know, it's hidden. But it's for your glory and, and it's a wonderful thing when we can go dig it out and find it. All right? And, and some of those principles, one of those, one of the several principles of, of rightly dividing and dissecting the word is, is, is what I like to call substitution. Right? You know, if you know this means... If you know x equal to y, and you see x also equal to z, then you substitute y and z and see what you can learn out of it. Is that okay? <laughs> okay, what, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, okay, let's take, in the beginning was the word. Uh, let me see if I, I need a good one. Okay, uh, let's just take any word. You can just take any verse. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Or, or better yet, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and ah, that's not a good one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, but Jesus is the word. Therefore, in the beginning was Jesus. Is that okay? All right? So that's what I mean by substitution. That's simple enough. All right? Well, if we find out that Jesus said, in my name, there I am, so to abide, and, um, to abide in the name is to abide in him, and I recognize that, whoa, this is what this is saying. Now I could go start chasing down verses that speaks about abiding in him and plug the name of Jesus in there and see what I might learn. Isn't that interesting? It's the same thing when you learn, for instance, that, um, that faith is confidence in the sacrifice. Once you bring find that faith is confidence in the sacrifice, and then you could break down the various aspects of the sacrifice, then you know faith is confidence in, 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 in his death, in burial, in resurrection, in ascension, in the name, etc., etc., and, and my part in all of it. And then when I recognize faith is confidence in the sacrifice, and then I see a verse that says, when Jesus returns, will he find faith on the earth? Then I realize, wait a minute, when he returns, will he find people having confidence in the sacrifice? Or when I say, in the last days some shall depart from the faith, 
Oh, in the last days I'm going to depart from confidence in the sacrifice. When I see the just shall live by faith, then I realize the way the just is going to live is he's going to have to have confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. When I see that this is the shield of faith that quenches every fiery door to the devil, I can substitute and I can say the shield of this confidence in every aspect of the sacrifice can quench every fiery door to the devil, etc., etc. And then when I break down what the sacrifice is in, in its eight parts, then all of a sudden a whole lot of comprehensions and revelation is coming at me. You get my point? So the issue of substitution is very, very, is very helpful in studying the Word of God in order to dissect things and see and see stuff that you would not have seen before. I mean, everything you seek, you got conclusion you come to. Of course, you got to make sure that it's consistent with the rest of the Scripture, that it's consistent with the character of God, that it's in, that you can see it in this in redemption, and that there's types and shadows of it, and there are principles that, you, and there's two or three witnesses. You don't just run off and start a new thing. <laughs> All right? Okay. Then you know you don't want to do that. But so anyway, so think about that then. So to abide in the word is to abide. To abide in the name is to abide in Christ. Alright? Now this is the thought I was beginning to explore. I haven't been able to take it um, very far at this point because I was just thinking about it coming in you know, as I'm standing in the back there. You might be able to go home and take it much further than I have taken and the Holy Spirit might might draw it even as we're talking right now. Amen. But in let's say, for instance, John chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Do you know that verse? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let, let's be students here tonight. Okay. Let's take on a student mindset, not a jump up on the wrong mindset. If you abide in me. Now, that means if you abide in me, if you abide in Christ, that means the name. If you abide in the name, and his words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Huh. That tells me something else right there. What that tells me is that, yes, if I abide in the name, but I can't leave aside the word. Can you see that? It means that if I abide in, 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 in him, and his word abide in me. If I abide in the name, and his word. In other words, then, I must learn to function in the, word, in the name of Jesus, and in the character, and in the authority, and what goes with his name. But I cannot leave out the word, and that the word still goes with the name. Isn't that interesting? Exactly. Now again, again, so we just made a another. Ah, so when I'm using the name of Jesus, I should also, it's helpful for me to have a knowledge of the word, especially in whatever I'm dealing with. Now question is, okay, that sounds good, but do I have other scriptures to prove that? Because, you know, you got to keep thinking like that. But then, now watch this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, all right, matter of fact, why don't you flip over there? So now, do we have any proof that connects up, that, that, that can emphasize further that this is indeed the case? So it says um, in verse 17, and, what's, and whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Oh, man, that does add another piece to it. <laughs> and giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Well, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. Remember that? But the mere fact that it starts with end means we ought to check what came before the end. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. So the verse before, which is verse 16, what does it say? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, if we take, if we parenthesize from teaching right to the end of that verse, the Lord, and just receive that as a comment. In other words, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and then here's some, here's some comment. Um, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord, that's all good. But in a way, it's like that's a common, common you know, it's like, um, Pastor Dad, my wife is sitting in the front seat um, on the right side, just next to the aisle. Right? I just added a little bit more stuff. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom and in all and in all and teaching and admonishing one another in 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 in, 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 um, in psalms and hymns and da 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 da. So if we parenthesize and pull that out, it would simply read: Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Can you see that? So that connects up the word. The word, and, not, and it didn't just say the word, but it says let the word dwell in you richly. Let the word dwell in you. Let the word be engrafted in you. Not just knowing what it says, but build it into your system. And whatever you do, do it in the name and in an authority and in the person of Christ. Right? So that's exactly what John 15, 7 was saying. If you abide in me and my word what? Abide in you. And it says, if you do that, you'll ask whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, when I put that all together, then I see that if I let the word dwell in me and abide in me richly, and whatever I do in word or deed, I do it in the name of Jesus. And I pull back in the end of John 15, 7, right? Um, whatsoever you ask, it shall be done. In other words, hey, this is victory. This is victory. This is, this is a good place to camp out. Amen? Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So now, there's this interesting connection between the word and the name. Which, again, when you recognize that the name and Jesus is one, and Jesus is the word, then it ought not to be, a, then we, you know, it, it really is not a surprise. That if we have the fullness, if we, the more we are the word, and the more we operate in the person and in the nature and in, and in, and in the name of Jesus and that authority, that they go in a home. It's like a two-edged sword that, 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 that you, can't, you can't miss it. Amen? The word, and the, the word and the life of Christ. Hallelujah. Now look at, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Glory to God. First Corinthians chapter six. Now you say, well, why, why you, why, why do you, uh, um, you know, why, why am I taking this kind of approach? How, how, why, why I think this will, you know, I'll tell you why. Um, when you think, when you, you, you ponder, when you do this, I know we talk about meditating on the word. But listen to this other verse at the same time. It says in 2 Timothy chapter, you don't need to turn to it, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. Paul says, consider what I say. What do you mean consider? What do you think it is to consider? Yeah. 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 Oh. 
Oh. Mm. <laughs> so it says, consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all. Does that sound like a promise? In other words, when you do this, when you consider, when you take time and you do this kind of stuff and you think on it and you meditate on it and you consider it, the Holy Spirit just comes right along and begins to give you understanding. Mm -hmm. right? Begins to open up your understanding and give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding and then things begin to... And in the meantime, it also begins to get engrafted in you. Yes. Amen? And once it gets inside of you, then it can come up when you need it. Because the Bible says he'll bring all things to your remembrance. Right, but you know what it says after that? He'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever he has said unto you. Amen? And I think that's in John 14, verse 26. Which means, which really means, <laughs> if we be a stickler for the word, John 14, 26, but a comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. So if he didn't say it to you, right? He, 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 then, then he doesn't have a, he's not obligated to bring it to your remembrance. Amen? But if he has said it to you, if you if you put in any kind of effort to memorize it, if you just considered it and you just pondered in it and you've listened to it and you heard it preached and so on, then he's got a right to bring it to your remembrance. And quite frankly, you've got a right to demand it. Amen? And who will bring it to your remembrance? The Holy Spirit. Who has to remember it? Huh? He has to remember it. He brings it to your remembrance. And if he has to remember it, all i got to do is receive it from him. Right? So who's the one that has to have a great memory? All right, do you think he has a good memory? Can he bring it to my remembrance? Hallelujah. But what you got to do is you got to believe that scripture. <laughs> you got to believe that he will bring all things to your remembrance and then you got to meet the condition as he said it to you. Amen? So that's one of the reasons why it is valuable to, yes, consider these things. And here comes the Holy Ghost and he gives you understanding. Amen? All right, so there's a connection between the, 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 the name of Jesus and the word of God in that, in that we are to function in the name and the person of Christ, and, and, and try not to separate the name from the person. Try to make that link in your head. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, otherwise, we become mechanical about the name of Jesus as if it is this tag that you put on at the end of the prayer. In Jesus' name. You know, you just kind of tag off the prayer. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And not recognizing we're talking about the person of Christ. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we are one with him. He is our life. So first Corinthians chapter 6 verse, verse, verse um, 11 says, And such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified and first Corinthians 6 verse 11 You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, there's so many places we can go with this. But you are justified in the name of Jesus. Well, we know the name of Jesus and the person of Christ are one. 
So you have, you are justified, and the Amplified says you're pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus. By trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus and in his Holy Spirit. So, in other words, you're justified in the name, you're declared righteous because of your faith and trust in the name slash the person of Christ. But to trust in Christ is to trust in his name because he and his name are one. But it also adds, and by the spirit of our God. But it, 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 but it, it, it's, the King James doesn't say in, but it says and by the spirit of God. Meaning the spirit of God did this sanctification work. He did some of the work. He did the, he did the producing of the, of the new birth. You are born again of the word of God and of the spirit of God. But it said, um, not by works of righteousness which I've done, but according to his mercy. And then it speaks about the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It is the Spirit of God that, that, that gets you born again, and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, etc. The Holy Spirit is the power of God that agrees with the sacrifice, that validates things, that performs. He gets the job done. He is like the muscle. Right? You cast out the devil, the finger of God has done it. So... And, and, and so for that reason now, so this connection between the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus and, and, and the Holy Spirit doing the job, when we understand that, then what happens now is that we can now in ministry especially, in prayer too, but in ministry or, or and in prayer, we could be praying about a situation and especially when, you know, I mean, it's like you need some muscle. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need some muscle to get into this thing and you could just say in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit yes. simple phrase yeah. but boy that shifts your prayer up another level right. it helps your own faith too amen and besides if, if it's just words and you don't have any faith connected up to it much ain't gonna happen anyhow so if saying that helps your faith then that's a good thing yeah. think about it yeah. just to say in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say that right now. In the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Say it again. In the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. Now this time you're going to say it by. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come out of him. <laughs> Can you see that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's good. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Where do we go now? Hallelujah. Now, um, okay, okay, yeah, let's go over here now. Because I'm not even talking about authority in the name of Jesus, because we know that the name of Jesus are one. We could go off into talking about authority in the name of Jesus, but you've got teaching on that. Right? He is he was given the most excellent name. The name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that he's Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right? We, we, we know those things. And that's okay. And, and we need to rehearse those things. We need to practice those things. We need to um, meditate on those things and speak those things and keep them fresh in our hearts and lives. Amen? But I'm not, I don't want to kind of like go, go there. I'm trying to take this in a little bit of a different area, so to speak. But it also says now, because we know that Jesus gave us his name, the power of attorney, and I know we call it the power of attorney. And that's nice. I understand that. You know, I have the legal right to use his name. 
But let's go a little further than that. Because you see, the revelation of righteousness I find, and the sacrifice too, the more you see into righteousness, the more you see into the sacrifice of Christ, the more you begin to see that, that it is not figurative, but, but that it is the fact that God wants you to get this. You are one. You know what I mean? You are right as I am right. Amen. You know what I mean? You have money and you have my authority. And he wants us to not, to not just have some superficial, I'm in right standing with God. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not good enough. Right. And in the same way with the sacrifice, it's not good enough that Jesus died and he was buried, he was resurrected, and he's seated, he seated on the right hand of the Father, far above principalities and powers. And the blood has been shed and we have been forgiven. No, that's not enough. God wants you to see that you were crucified with him. You were, the old man was buried with him. And he's no longer around. And now the life you now have, by resurrection, it is the life of Christ. And you are seated in him at the Father's right hand. You are an overcomer. And you're seated there. And, and etc., etc. He wants you to get that ownership. He wants you to see that oneness. Now, so similarly, with the name of Jesus, it is not good enough for us to simply see all. Oh, I have the power of attorney. I have the right to use this name. The same way I am married and, and, and so I have the right to my husband's name. No, it's more than that. You are one with that name. Right. Amen? Yeah. The, after whom the whole family and heaven and earth is named. The head and the body have the same name. Your head and your body have the same name. Different parts but the same name. Jesus the head, we are the body. We have the same name. And we must recognize that. Amen? And that is why everyone that named the name of Jesus must walk like he walked. How come you say you abide in him and not walk like him? 1 John 2, 6. And then it says, he that says he is righteous ought to what? Do righteousness. But now when we sometimes, but then what happens is sin consciousness will kick in. Right? And say, that if I'm righteous, I must do righteousness, meaning, meaning in terms of my behavior and conduct. Of course those things are obvious. But if it's talking to do righteousness, it's to do what somebody would do if they wanted with God. They'll talk like him. They wouldn't ask Jesus to come down or to come up. What would they do? The word is near you, even in your mouth. Amen? Right? And, and, and if there's a certain authority, you're going to walk in and, and there's certain works that you will do because of this oneness. Connecting back up to the fact that he's gone to the Father. So it is important for us to grab that this, this name really belongs to us. And we are one with that name. When Jesus, and that was part of Jesus' prayer in, in, in John chapter 17. When Jesus said, Father, the glory that you've given me, I've given them. What for? That they might be one. How? Even as you and I are one. And Jesus says that what he did, he came in his what? Father's name. And all right? And he described him being in the Father's name that I and the Father are one. Isn't that right? Right? Now if he's gonna come in the Father's name and he's gonna and he and he and he always think and talk in, in, in this oneness, and we're gonna be in his name, we gotta do the same thing. So we must see the name for all that we've known it to be, but we must also recognize this oneness. 
which comes right back to righteousness. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Right? John chapter 15, I'm the vine, you the branches. It's talking about the same thing. Alright? John chapter 15, 16, I have not chosen you, but you've, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and I've ordained that you would what? Go and bring forth fruit. So that whatever you ask in my name that is in relationship to that oneness. Let's look at that verse for a moment. John 15, 16. Because this is one that we kind of skip over to. <laughs> Hallelujah. Consider what I say and the Lord give you understanding. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The entrance of the word give it light. The Lord will light my candle and he will enlighten my darkness. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Lord gives him understanding. John 15, 16. All right. Jesus says, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. Fruit bears on the branch. But where is the branch connected? To the vine. The light in the vine is in the branch. The same sap. The vine and the branch are one. The vine and the branch are one. The vine and the branch are one. And bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. This asking of the Father is coming directly, has to do with the fruit that you need to produce. Amen? And this fruit, and, 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 and that is connected, coming out of this oneness. In other words, this whatsoever you ask the Father in my name. This asking in his name in this verse is specifically coming out of that place where the vine and the branch are one and we need to have some fruit. Can you see what I'm saying? Right? My, my emphasis, what I'm emphasizing is that in the name we must also see this oneness in the name. We must see that we have life through that name. We, um, we have life through that name because it's the very life of Christ. Therefore, no wonder you can believe in divine health through that name. You can believe for deliverance through that name. You can believe that anything, for anything that pertains unto life and godliness through that name. Yeah. And so that you can be more specific, here, here is the word. Let that word dwell in you richly also. And so that you can have a little bit more zap to it, add the power by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? Does that make sense? Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Right. Now, if you want a good exercise, how many in him scriptures do you know? Oh. Do you think there's lots of them? Yes. How about going through them, right, bit by bit, and looking and trying to plug the name of Jesus in it, right? And you're plugging it in it to see what you get out of it. Because when you make these substitutions, then you see stuff that you, wouldn't, you, you would not have otherwise seen or that you hadn't seen before. Either that or, or else it might reinforce something else. But you just, you know, just like bulbs begin to go off when you do that. Amen? And so you've got, you, you know, you've got a lot in him scriptures. Just go plug the name of Jesus into them. Amen? 
Hallelujah.